Now here's a highlight from Coast to Coast AM on iHeartRadio. And welcome back to Coast to Coast. Marty Rosenblatt with us. He has an MS in physics from UCLA, worked for 35 years in areas of high energy physics using computational techniques. He's the president of the Applied Precognition Project, APP, and also dedicated to education and development of precog pros. We'll tell you about that. And uh, these are natural follow-ups to physics intuition applications, which he founded back in 1998. Marty, welcome back to the program. How are you? I'm doing great. Uh, thank you. How are you doing? Great. Thanks for joining us. You know, yesterday we were using clips of you in our Beyond Belief television shows. People love you. Oh, wow, that's terrific. Thank you. How did you get started in this? How did you go from your background in physics to getting involved in, I'm not going to call it the supernatural, but it's uh, it's different. It, well, that's right, because most of what's called supernatural, I believe, is actually natural, but unusual. I got involved in this because um, of my work, high-energy physics included simulating nuclear weapons way back when in the um, late 1960s and 70s. And so I had security clearances, and I was actually doing some work with the Defense Intelligence Agency. And I came across this um, report in the IEEE journal, which talked about this strange thing, and they had named it remote viewing. They couldn't use psychic phenomenon. And I went to the DIA, and they said, God, you guys really need to know about this. Uh, later, I found out they were funding it, but I didn't know that at the time. They sent me out to Stafford Research Institute, and I actually met Hal Pudoff and Russ Targ, as you know, who were running That's right. the program at SRI. They showed me around, um, and I got to meet them. And, of course, I was so impressed with their work that I stayed involved um, thereafter, um, you know, the interest level and following the literature and that sort of thing. Have you come up with your own thoughts on why remote viewing works and how it works? Um, yes, and I'm really glad you asked that because there's a model I've been working on um, for a very long time going way, way back when I was working with Skip Atwater, who you know was the head of the Army Remote Viewing Unit um, at Fort Meade, but then he went to the um, to work uh, with um, the Monroe Institute, mm -hmm. and, I, and, and he did work at the Monroe Institute, and through various webinars there, each time I went there, I developed this model further, and it basically comes from the fact that consciousness itself is fundamental. Um, give me a few moments here. Let me try to explain it. Because sure, absolutely. Remote viewing, very direct. You're on for two hours, Marty. you got all the time you need. Okay, thank <laughs> you. And um, you obviously feel free to jump in and ask questions if I'm not being as clear as I can. Sure. But the leaders of quantum mechanics um, themselves came to the conclusion that consciousness is fundamental because the strange world of quantum mechanics forced them to do that because of what is called the measurement problem. It is as if when you get down to these very, very small particles or 
even um, photons, light, um, and you start looking at that, you find that it doesn't really have a reality in the physical world until it's measured. Prior to that, it is a probability field, basically. And what Schrodinger said, uh, you know, the Schrodinger equation is a fundamental equation of quantum mechanics. Consciousness cannot be accounted for in physical terms, for consciousness is absolutely fundamental. Mm -hmm. It cannot be accounted for in terms of anything else. And Max Planck, and it's worth reading these quotes, because you have to realize these guys were struggling with this issue of what is this consciousness all about. They wanted answers, didn't they? Uh, Well, they came up with great equations, but they really... Well, okay, here's Planck's quote. I regard consciousness as fundamental. I regard matter as derivative from consciousness. We cannot get behind consciousness. Now, that idea goes way back, and my being a physicist, it's almost like I had no choice to put it in the form of a model. And that's what I kind of want to tell you about now, because it explains not only remote viewing, in my opinion, it explains virtually all psi phenomenon, including, of course, telepathy, um, and really all the other psi phenomenon. A lot of people, Marty, uh-huh. and doctors and, and scientists, always assumed that you needed the physical brain to do any of this. And I'm convinced, sounds like you're convinced, that it's outside of the brain that makes Um, this work. That's absolutely right. The source is this, I call it, just to give you the idea, and I've named it, the universe of collective consciousness. The UCC. I like that. And I call mine the wireless internet of the universe. Okay. And Ingo Swan... Um, called it the matrix, you know, and there are traditions that call the energy that comes from it. I'll, I'll talk about that in a minute. Chi. I mean, it, it isn't like this is a new idea, but in the context that I like to think about it and where it connects up with remote viewing and other psi phenomenon, it's really good to think of it as the universe of collective consciousness. So what is this most fundamental thing? It contains, and the only way I can use words to explain it, is everything consciousness touches. So your conscious mind is aware of the room you're in now, okay? And we tend to think of that as being in the physical world, and it is. But your here and now conscious moment is your experience. Your experience is consciousness, and that goes down in the universe of collective consciousness. Well, any idea that anybody, any conscious experience, idea that anybody in the universe has ever had is in this universe of collective consciousness. And this includes past, present, and future. Knowing precognition forced me to struggle with these ideas, mm-hmm. but it's absolutely clear that this universal collective consciousness includes everything, past, present, 
and future that any sentient any sentient being or others, as I'll mention in a moment, like rocks, um, whatever they experience in what we look at as the physical world is down in this universe of collective consciousness. In fact, it comes from there. Now, this universe of collective consciousness is everything. It has no boundary. Because imagine if, Nori, you came up with this great idea for... Um, Another eye, something that, oh, no, this ought to be outside. Well, as, long, as soon as that idea crossed your head, it had to go into this universe of collective consciousness. So the UCC has no boundary. It's a lot like the physical world, frankly. It is. Um, no boundary, no walls, nothing ending it. Now, what does this mean in my mind? Um, and I think... You know, you and your listeners can kind of get that, in a way, this is the ultimate meaning of oneness. I mean, it's totally, everything is down there. There are no separations, no boundaries. I think, in fact, it's probably pure spirituality. When we talk about getting in touch with pure spirituality, pure harmony, this universe of collective consciousness, which is not yet in the physical world, um, is that. It's ultimate oneness, ultimate spirituality. But now, let's go one step further. What do we do in our day-to-day physical lives? We have this idea of things being separate. We bring out um, a computer monitor. We bring out ourselves as a separate being. But in fact, we have these fuzzy boundaries. We can't be perfectly well-defined. And there's this concept from the UCC bringing out something which we believe is separate. This introduces what I want to call entanglement energy. You are still, you can't disconnect from the universe of collective consciousness, there needs some, to be some energy to maintain this illusion of separateness. Um, lots of other people have used that word before, but now it comes directly out of this model. You try to bring out something and make it separate, and you try to keep it in the physical world. So you're now bringing it out, and it's in the physical world as a separate thing. Well, that takes energy if you started out with the UCC. So that's entanglement energy. And this entanglement energy does one other thing. It creates and maintains a communication channel because you, your ideas, your conscious moments are still in the UCC. They're coming out, and this... Um, so you're always in communication with the UCC. Would you say that the collective consciousness allows us to communicate, let's say, telepathically, because it's we're, we're all hooked in? Well, see, that's exactly right. Since, since this oneness of the UCC, it's got no boundaries. You know, it's, it's, I sometimes call it a circle without a boundary in my graphics, which says we're all connected all the time. The issue is how entangled 
are we. We're entangled with everything, past, present, and future, to a certain extent. But guess what? We are clearly entangled to some things more than another. And so it's this examination of the entanglement energy that becomes absolutely clear. And that, that's important. Let me connect this with remote viewing, but there's so much more depth to this, but maybe it'll become clearer with remote viewing okay. and associative remote viewing. But look well, and remote. what is associative remote viewing? First okay, of. yeah, I'm sure your visitors know about remote viewing. Associative oh, yeah. remote viewing is using remote viewing to um, be associated with the outcome of, say, a sporting event or a financial event. Let's talk sporting event. Okay, all right. Basically to make a prediction. About a sporting event, exactly. And let's say the two teams, Team A and Team B. If I, as a tasker, um, were to, to associate Team A winning with one picture, say the Eiffel Tower, and Team B winning with... Um, uh, um, a whale underwater, a, a great picture of an underwater whale or something Interesting like that. Interesting analogy, huh? A, okay. Um, two teams, two pictures. Well, associative remote viewing asks the remote viewers to describe and sketch the picture they're going to see in the future after the game is over. Okay, okay. And if Team A wins, they'll see the Eiffel Tower. If Team B wins, they'll see the whale under the water. Now, they already know, though, that Team A is the Eiffel Tower, right? And Team B no, is the whale. No, 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 oh, no. Oh, they don't. That's the whole point. Okay, only, I get it. The only way they can get a good description is to use their precognitive remote viewing capabilities of moving into the future and seeing what is called the feedback target. Now, what are the odds of any of them? Let's say you had 10 remote viewers in a room, uh-huh. and, and you said, give me the outcome of this game. Um, what are the odds of any of them sketching the Eiffel Tower? Well, again, not exactly. They'll typically say things like metal, ooh, maybe triangular shape. They might even say touristy, open. Um, and then they will probably draw, just because that's so iconical, a Set a, a triangle or something like that, you know, a tall, narrow uh, sketch. Do they do they even know that they're looking at a, a sports t- team oh, or anything? They don't need to know that, but yeah, generally we let them know that, but no more. And then they get this. We get their transcript. We can judge it. They can judge it. But the key is they don't get the feedback until after the event, and that's the association. It's associated with what actually happens, the picture is. And typically, the best viewers right now are leveling off, it seems, and we think we can do better. We think we can get up, and we're working to get up to 75 80% over the longest term. But right now, they're like 60 65%. That's still pretty good. Now, who knows at the outset about the Eiffel Tower and the, and the whale? Who, who knows that? The person in charge of the remote viewing program? Actually, it, it, the way it's done in our system on, you know, the Applied Precognition Project is with a computer. It's all done randomly. We really? have 800, okay. That's interesting. 
Yeah, we have 800 pre-chosen photographs, okay? We call them photo sites because these guys can pick up sounds and tastes and everything the remote viewers do. Um, but the computer will actually randomly choose a pre-chosen pair, okay, as the possibilities, and then only one of them will turn out to be the actual target. Let's talk about precognition for a moment, Marty, okay. in terms of what you think it might be, the ability to see things in, in the future. How many people see these things and don't react to it until after the fact, and then they go, oh, my gosh, I knew this would happen? Right, and that happens a lot. A lot. <laughs> and that's why um, you don't even have to do all the research, and there's been an enormous amount of research now done by scientists validating that precognition occurs even though we don't have a model. And that's what upsets so many other scientists. But the reality of it um, comes, I believe, from this UCC, because the outcome is down there already. And what we do and what all remote viewers do, even that just remote viewing a place where there's a missing person, Forget about associative remote viewing. What they're doing is getting in touch with very strong intention and expectation and attention to their task. And so somehow, and I mean, this is one of the biggest mysteries, I would say, in the universe. Somehow, consciousness can connect up with what's intended to be found. Now, when there's feedback, you can see how that would help, because during the feedback session, you add this entanglement energy, okay, and it's through you. You know, your DNA is vibrating all the time, and guess what? Your DNA was vibrating um, with other unique things to you during the remote viewing session, and now it's vibrating during the feedback session after you know the truth. And the entanglement between those two is what makes precognition possible. Listen to more Coast to Coast AM every weeknight at 1 a.m. Eastern and go to coasttocoastam.com for more.